all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. What a marvelous phrase that is. Children of God. It's marvelous because it corresponds to a marvelous reality. That when God the Son became a human being, he bridged the gap that had always stood between heaven and earth since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden. Of course, you'll recall from the Genesis narrative that before sin entered the world, God walked freely with man, but then after sin came into the world, he didn't walk with man. Sin created this abyss, this gulf that separated us that the incarnation itself bridges. But God the Son doesn't um, bridge, he didn't bridge that gap on this Christmas Day, you know, 2017 years ago, um, just for his own sake, right? He, he did it to bring us back into his divine life. It was always God's plan that humans wouldn't live apart from his own divine ruling of the world, that we would actually be engrafted and be built into that. And that's why Jesus did come to bring us back into his divine life as his plan, as his plan was all along. Um, I think all of you got our Christmas card this year. St. Irenaeus has this wonderful summary of the logic of the incarnation when he says, the Son of God became man, that men might become the, the children of God. Um, and that, that, see, there's this wonderful kind of com- coming down to bring back up logic to what we remember on Christmas Day. Um, this is, of course, what the Bible means by the word salvation, right? It's not just some sort of judicial clearing of sins, which although it is that, it's also the bringing in of our lives into God's life. And that's what uh, John says. He actually sort of lays out very clearly in his gospel, like how to lay claim to this gospel in verse 12 of his first chapter when he says, we must receive him and believe in his name. What wonderful, simple, and yet like hearty verbs, right? Receive him intellectually when we hear the gospel, with our bodies when we get baptized, receiving him, and then believing in him as a continuing action, continuing to believe in his name, both in believing our minds and with our deeds, you know, that they would be uh, evidence the same, the same belief. So when we're swept up back into the life of God, the language God gives us, in fact, the very reason he organized human society in families is so that we would have a glimpse of the thing we get to partake of in God is to be a part of his family. Um, Jesus is called in the New Testament our older brother, the firstborn of many children. Uh, that we, He was a son by nature all along. He'd always been a son of God. We have not always been children of God, right? Jesus is very candid in calling those outside of himself children of the devil. We've actually been adopted out of a wicked family into God's wonderful family. That's the whole idea, that we are truly children of God. Um, you know, I, I'm learning down here in the South that you continue to call your father daddy for a long time. Um, and so I think, you know, rightly, there's a sort of intimacy and a warmth which God invites us into in the incarnation to call him daddy. That's certainly the first meaning of what John, the gospel writer, means when he says you, are now chil- you have the power to be children of God. Um, That's the the real main meaning. But I think there's another shade of meaning which really comes out when we hear this gospel on Christmas Day and we remember that Christ was once a child. 
And it's that God wants us, as, sort of, as those who have been grafted into Jesus, to be childlike. Um, that there's actually, uh, although um, you know, different images in the scriptures are used for like, sort of coming to full maturity in faith, like having a deep and solid faith, um, nevertheless, Jesus is always praising childlikeness. It pops up all the time in the Gospels, right? Matthew 18, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a pretty strong door that he's putting there, right? Like, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to become like a child. Famously, right? Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Um, Jesus loves children in particular, but he also loves the quality of childlikeness among his adopted children. And it's good for us to remember this, that our Lord himself, Jesus, sanctified childhood and childlikeness by himself, becoming a baby and then a toddler and a boy before he was a grown man. I think, you know, there's a lot of things preachers tease out about what it means to be childlike. Um, But I think one of the first and foremost virtues of a child is their innocence. Um, not ultimate innocence, like we're all born under the curse of Adam, right? We're all born doomed to die. With a, other than Jesus, every other child is born with a proclivity to sin. Um, but even with an inbuilt proclivity to sin, there remains something wonderfully innocent about children. I think it's why when there's little babies, um, you know, blessed to have my own, like I'm thinking of Charlie Snoddy and the Peatman's new boy, and just when there's a baby, there's something about looking into their eyes, Right? There's something we gawk over and are enamored by, and I think it's we are beholding a, a, a glimmer, a fragment of the innocence and the purity that we long for, that we've lost as we grew, have grown up and grown old with sin. Uh, we long for purity and innocence. And I think it's, it's startling to think about Jesus never sinned. He never grew old with sin. Uh, whatever, he, had, he had more than even the innocence of a child forever. And I think this is why... He's so disarming when you, these, in the stories in the Gospels. It would have been sort of odd to meet him, that he wasn't sort of following all the broken habits of broken personality and broken society. Um, he just was as candid and as joyful and as pure as a child. And so, you know, when you see Zacchaeus just giving away his money and soldiers falling over when he says, oh, here I am, you, if you're looking to arrest me, um, there was something pure about him um, that was wonderful. And as he was... Um, that's the life he invites us into. He's actually, you know, part of our being united to Jesus through faith is that he's offering his own innocence as medicine for our crookedness and our corruption and our agedness. Um, and so I think we do well when we celebrate the Christ child on this Christmas day um, to, keep, to bring back to mind that childlikeness is something God wants us to aspire to. And now this sounds foolish in the world, certainly, but it is what Jesus says. That when it comes to sin and its habits, we'd be more childlike. More childlike when it comes to trusting what God says. Even when uh, we can't maybe see its truth with our own eyes. More childlike, I think, also in our exuberance of love for the Father. Jesus is just unabashed. He says, you know, I, I obey the Father, I love the Father, and the Father loves me. There's this sort of simple purity to it that our witness, I think, could, should aspire to. More childlike in every way that children are endearing. You know, children don't have very good memories for grudges. You know, as we sort of gather with our relatives over this Christmas week, 
Um, a lot of old memories can come up, right? And I encourage you to ask with the grace of childlikeness to, uh, to almost have a supernatural, childlike forgetfulness of, yeah, that person wronged me 10 years ago. I'll let go of, the, let go of it the way a child would. Um, ch- children don't plot and strategize of how to satisfy carnal appetites. They just live in the present very joyfully. Um, I think we can learn from that. That um, with God's help, and of course this is a grace we have to ask for, right? We can't just make ourselves more childlike, but God can make us more childlike from within. If we ask for that grace, and, and if we really s- seek to attain it, if we seek to emulate, like maybe to ask in a situation, what would a child do? That might give like a fresh vantage point on what Christ would have us do, you know, different than the worldly grown-up sin-ridden patterns that we're used to. Um, my prayer for us is that uh, as adopted children of God, we would all become more childlike and, I, uh, and that we would even emulate our Lord who was a child. So for that I pray and uh, I wish you a Merry Christmas uh, on this happy day. Amen.